Hi, this is Larry County, the voice of Lionel from Thundercats. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Stan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince. Chris and Alan, the sexiest beast in the UK. You're listening to Alan and Chris. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Thunder. 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 Thundercats. Ho! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 46 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of the co-hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me is a very petrified after that start, Chris Vint. You could have told me you were doing that, and did you have to bellow it from the gallows of, Hello, and welcome to another episode of Operation Retroshock, listeners. What, I'm a flipping Attenborough or something? <laughs> Doing a nature documentary? Well, you do uh, Lord Alfred Hayes. Well, yes, that I do. So, yes, we're back, both of us, for a full episode of Operation Retroshock. I suppose I should move my hand away from the front of my mouth. <laughs> or I'm going to mumble like a certain someone. <laughs> Jimmy, do you understand that? Yes, okay. Because nobody understands you. Uh, so yes, episode 46, and uh, it's not something we've talked about, but we just kind of decided to wing it and go with this. Um, we thought it was a good idea for a show. This is a sequels uh, special of Operation Retroshock. They are all number twos. <laughs> one, one figuratively is a number two. Yep. Um, we were going with the theme... Of good movie sequels. So, you know, we decided Back to the Future 2, Ghostbusters 2, Terminator 2. And then we got to a point where we were like, some of the other sequels we wanted to hold off until maybe the summer. Or we've like already Batman discussed. Or Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the ones we were thinking of putting in was Spider-Man 2, but with Spider-Man coming out in the summertime, we thought, we'll hold it off and do a Spider-Man special then. Or so a we thought, comic book special or something. Yeah, something along those lines. So we decided to flip it on its head. So our three of them are going to be good movie sequels, and our fourth and final one, as I said, figuratively is a number two, is Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, you get the picture, don't you? But everything Michael Bay touches turns to gold. Look at these teenage... Mo- I'm sorry. Look at these Ninja Turtles yeah. that we're going to be involved in. Speaking of which, do you want to tell the people where you can find about a discussion about that certain yeah, subject? Yeah, you can uh, head over to um, whattheshell.podbean.com or if you go to popculturenetwork.com and you'll see it there. It's also posted in the... I think Sween Halleck, um, who's one of the co-hosts, posts in the TV and movie reviews sec- section of um, Pop Culture Network forums. Well, hey. So yes, the very popular as ever Chris Fint on another show. Because I think this is the first time it's been mentioned on a main operation Retroshock, I think. Probably, yes. More than likely. It has been mentioned on Retroshock. Yes, speaking of which, yes, if you have been paying attention to your iTunes feed, everybody, Retroshock is back. I'm sure you're all exceedingly happy about that. Finally! Yeah, finally. 
um, which it actually says in the description. Yes, um, I read that. It is very good to have WrestleShock back. As you will all be aware if you have been paying attention, I'm not there. Uh, not to say that I won't be there at points down the line. So you're saying like you're the rock of yes, WrestleShock, yes. you know, like it'll mm-hmm. be, uh, you've gone yeah. away for a while and then to come yeah. back every so often. Re- RetroShock is my movie career. <laughs> all right, okay. And wrestling is what I come back to. Um, but yeah, um, as again, everybody will no doubt be aware, Chris has not closed the door, so to say, but took a, what you would say, a timeout. A hiatus, yeah. Uh, for uh, Masters of the Universe Chronicles due to various other different things and maybe lack of quality figures and stuff like that. Look, <laughs> um, even I know. Uh, <laughs> um, which has opened up um, not only a bit of time for him to do the likes of What the Shell, but also you would say Mike started as a guest yeah. on... Chronicles, but yeah. then kind of progressed to more of a co-host. Um, so with Chronicles kind of setting itself aside for a while, um, it opened the door for Mike, and then you know Chris mentioned about WrestleShock coming back and why not have Mike, and I was more than happy for that. So yes, Chris and Mike are in charge of WrestleShock. Um, I will knock on the door a few times in the future and make an appearance. There'll be nobody home then, so... I'll curtain, jer- like. I'll curtain jerk. Um, <laughs> well, you do what you want. <laughs> you, do what you, um, you know, so maybe for like the big pay-per-views or something like that, or if there's a specific subject at hand, I will make an appearance. Um, I think that's pretty much most of the major information that's happened in the last while. Yeah, yeah. It's just with Chronicles being stepped aside now... You may find that, you know, with RetroShock, it'll be put out more on a regular basis as well. It gives, uh, gives Alan and I a better chance to do that, because sometimes it'll be a case of if we're both off on a Sunday, we normally record on a Sunday, but I've been doing that. But it's been really hard to come up with fresh ideas with RetroShock. You know, there we sat down, and within about 20 minutes, we came up with an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and with WrestleShock, the possibilities are endless, because things are still going with it, so... Exactly. So yeah, it's never ending. So yes, we'll get stuck straight into things, shall we? Yes. And we shall depart for the year twenty fifteen, where there are hover cars. Right. Okay. That's only three years away. We better get working. That's all looks is watch that isn't on his. Which drink. isn't on my hand. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember? The future. You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Are we back? Future? October 21st, 2015. Marty, we're going to be able to see our wedding. Wow. Future. I got to check this out, Doc. Look what happened to your son. He's a complete wimp. Don't talk to anyone. You've been looking. Don't touch anything. I need to borrow your hoverboard. Come on, come on, come on. Try not to look at anything. 
I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented the time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Now, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's still Dolly, although I can't imagine hell being much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat lips, slackers! Biff? Hello? Hello, anybody home? Why they can't be you? You're so big. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. Well, like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future, Part 2, coming November 22nd to theaters everywhere. Yeah, 2015 is the scene for Back to the Future 2. Uh, obviously, as we all know, it picks up at the end of Back to the Future 1 where Doc arrives and says, Marty, you've got to come back to me. Where Doc, back to the future. It's about your kids, etc., etc. Key difference, obviously, is number one. And number two, actually, we have two changes in actors. Chris McGlover's no longer here. And neither, oh, yes. And neither is Claudia Wells, who played Jennifer. Oh, okay. So, the girl of interest and the father have been changed. Chris McGlover's obviously a bit more controversially, because supposedly... He asked for a bit more money and then they actually offered him less money. <laughs> nice wee insult there. Um, but this is a different twist because obviously in this one it's more focused on Marty's life as an adult. Yes. Um, and we, as we see, things haven't turned out too well for the McFly family. No, not really. Because obviously we know from the first movie, Marty's a very keen guitarist, he has a band, etc. And he wants to make a record career for himself. Um, whereas we see here, they're still in Hill Valley. They're in a pretty regular looking house. And the main reason they've been pulled forward to 2015 is because Marty's son has gotten in trouble. Damn kids can't do nothing with Yeah, and funnily enough, it happens to do with a McFly descendant getting in trouble with a Tannen descendant. Butthead. I know. Um, basically, they're going to rob what was the courthouse. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, Marty's son is due to get in trouble. But then, obviously, Doc's like, bring you back and we'll try and avert this and the first kind of cool thing that they use for the whole future reference besides obviously seeing floating cars and all that sort of stuff is that Doc has got facial work done to yeah. him to make him look younger because obviously Christopher Lloyd was a bit younger than the actual character was meant to be um, what stands out to you do you think for when you first see kind of you know the square, so to say, in Hill Valley, but, you know, futuristic, Sally, because would your opinion be different now, obviously, based on it being 2012, nearly 2015, or, you know, back in 1985, would have this blown people's minds, do you think? It probably would have, because there was the whole Jaws thing as well, that kind of, you know, like, Marty stand there, and the Jaws thing kind of, Jaws 3D, or whatever comes yeah. out, and he's like, ah! 
and then it just like disappears. Mm-hmm. So you had that, and obviously you had the hoverboards, which Mattel was then generously and in, uh, in a comma selling, you know, for a lovely price of a couple of hundred dollars or whenever it was. I can't even remember how how much it was, but I think it was one hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, it's still a little bit much, you know. And, and we'll stop there for one wee second. Everybody knows I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> but even I could not bring myself to spend $120 on a hoverboard by Mattel that didn't in fact hover. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love it as a prop, mm-hmm. but just at $120 plus shipping and then probably taxes. You wouldn't be able to get it over here because of the fact that it's electronic. Yeah. So you probably spend $120 on automatic lace-up shoes then? Yeah. Now that I would prefer Mm -hmm. is to get the Nike shoes. Um, But the whole... I just think $120 is a bit of a rip-off for considering I saw a design show for the way they are making the board. And for all that it appears to be going into, it's like $120 is a bit in the but expensive that's, side. that's Mattel for you. That's just the way Mattel is, you know. Yeah. Then you got to remember that Mattel made the power glove uh, from years gone by, <laughs> you know. And that seems to be the only thing at the moment that they haven't revisited. Um, <laughs> all but, in due course. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a case of, no, it's not something that would interest me. But that was the thing that... That's always been something that sticks in my mind, is the first part of that film yeah wherever he goes there and you know like he Marty goes and gets the almanac thing to try and you mm-hmm. know make a bit of money and then yeah. after that kind of I don't really remember as much I probably remember more yeah. about what number one and number three yeah, yeah. than I do of number two mm-hmm. um, because I think that the other part of that you know whenever Hill Valley kind of Aye, number goes two, dark number two gets a bit complicated yeah and it wouldn't be I wouldn't consider it as suitable for kids as say the first one and yes everybody that doesn't like Back to the Future Natalie um, would complain about the first one etc for its various undertones um, but you know number one was fine for I would say kids because you know yeah. they've got there's a time machine yeah. here's the a problem the third one as well etc yeah exactly on the third one whereas number two in my opinion is far more suitable for grown ups in the sense of because You've got so much jumping back and forth yeah. that you would lose the kids because basically what happens is you go from 1985-2015, something happens in 2015, you know, older Biff takes the almanac back, hands it to young Biff uh, back in 1955, thus that rewrites history, creating an alternate 1985. So then you're back to 1985, but it's the wrong 1985. <laughs> so then they have to go back to 1955 in the first instance from the first movie correct that then go back to 1985 so basically you know it would be confusing it would be confusing Doc explains it in number two but by that stage I think a lot of people might have still been lost Mm -hmm. Doc basically explains that you know this is our timeline Biff went back so it's caused a skew off and then you've got basically timeline B so to say Um, but we're kind of jumping about here as well a bit like the movie yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned the Nike shoes a limited run of those were in fact made not auto lacers but the actual style mm-hmm. were made last year for not only the anniversary um, but also the Michael Fox Foundation that was a good idea which was a good idea and a uh, 
<laughs> as my Netflix finishes. Um, but I think it was, a, it was the UK rap artist Tiny Tempa bought like the first set or something for like I think it was thirty thousand dollars or something like that. And I was just like, jeez, man. Um, I remember when they were on eBay, I was like, I want them, I want them. But apparently, Nike have come out and said, by 2015, they will release them as a mainstream shoe. So, guess how many pairs I'll be buying in 2015? 2015. <laughs> Probably. Um, just keep them all in storage. And then that'll do me for the rest of my life. Yeah, buy them on a hoverboard and then that, that's, that's you. Just, that's that's just life complete then. Yeah. You just have to go to work. <laughs> no need for a car, just hoverboard it. Yeah. And then get uh, get the Pitbull version. Hmm? Get the Pitbull version. Yeah. But remember, a hoverboard don't work on water. Yeah. That was Jason Lee who played uh, Bruce Lee in Dragon Bruce Lee's mm. story. Yep, only the Pitbull can work right. on water because it has like that, the wee jets on the back of it and stuff. What do you do? I know, but uh, not the pink one. Oh, no, it's pink one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, which supposedly they're going to eventually release next year again by Mattel with the handlebars. Yeah, so the reason why they're... words are a way to make more money. Yeah, again, it's just <laughs> using, like Mattel, it's just using the, the stock they already have for other items. Yep. That's why. But let's get off Mattel. Yeah, it's please. I thought giving up Chronicles would mean we not to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you can never get away from them. No. Um... But yeah, stop waving your hand at my connect. If you are wondering, everybody, we aren't in the normal place we record. We are in my house at the moment, and Chris is weird. Rest, uh, Operation Retroshock on tour! <laughs> at Allen's for the second time. Yeah, last time everybody was the... Uh, Rocky well, special. You, yeah, you'll probably all remember the craziness that happened at the end of the Rocky <laughs> special. Uh, where dogs invaded the room... And then my laptop decided to freeze and cut me off and I was shouting from across the room and all that sort of stuff. But luckily it is just the two of us this time and we are just using the one microphone. But it is my laptop. Uh, but yeah, then basically like I said, Biff steals the almanac, goes back in time to 1955. And this is where we see a lot of crossovers. Um, and you see stuff obviously that you never saw. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing that is in this as well, if you watch the like the extra features and all on the DVDs, they explain about how they were cha- they changed the lot, you know, for the time eras, you know. So for the likes of they, what was it? I remember they recorded all like the 1955 stuff first because it was pristine and new. Yeah, and then they recorded like the 85 stuff at the end because they would have to wreck it sort of thing um, but obviously this you see basically the Mar- Marty from this is where it's going to get complicated now my um, head you see our let's call him current Marty okay going back and meeting himself when he was first there in 1955 so for example there's like so the uh, he gets hit by the door and gets knocked out so he has to take his 1955 self and like hide him and stuff and that sort of thing and then he gets obviously there's the time where he's playing Johnny B. Good and he's up in the rafters above the stage yeah I don't remember any of this yeah he's up in the rafters and Biff's gang is gonna you know take him out on stage mm-hmm. so you get this view of basically 
in the first movie you can look at it and go, oh right, well, technically now up there's other Marty. Yeah. Saving himself, so to say. Um, but yeah, um, you've got that. During this whole time as well, Jennifer's been left on the porch in alternate 1985. Oh, poor Jennifer. I know. Uh, she was kind of shoved to the side, really, in this movie. Oh. Uh, stop waving at Connect! It's distracting. Um, what do you think... If Well, obviously, you're saying you don't remember as much of the latter part of the movie. No. I remember that Jennifer and the... Whenever they go back and, like, Strickland... Uh, school burned down years ago. Aye. And then he's like, slacker! Aye. He loud slacker. He gets drive-by. And then... Uh, Biff's with Jennifer, and Jennifer's had, like, a boob op and all this. No, Marty's mum, you sorry? Marty's mum, sorry. Um, he's like, he's like, Has had a boob operation, and... And you know, Biff, dead for years. Yeah, Biff's kind of saying to Marty that he's no good, yada, yada, yada. And you're kind of, right, okay, fair enough. Um... The only other thing I remember is the fact that they didn't they film the second and third one back to back. Yeah, that's the only thing back that I back, yeah. only part of trivia that I knew. Well, you say that, but obviously the other bit you will remember is when we get, you know, when everything's kind of sorted and fixed again in nineteen fifty five, the almanac's been burnt and all that sort of stuff. Um, when Marty and Doc are going to go finally back to original nineteen eighty five, we get the lightning strike. On the DeLorean, and Doc is sent back to 1885, and Marty's standing on the road, and there's a guy just arrives in the rain. Oh, and gives him the. And says, I've got something for you, and he puts his hand in his coat, and it looks like he's going for a gun yeah. sort of thing. Boom, out comes the letter, which was comically portrayed in uh, Family Guy. Yeah, that's right. Um, also in the sequel. Yep. Um, so Marty receives a letter from Doc. Back in 1885, um, that it scrambled the time circuits and the DeLoreans got sent back. So there's your other, that's your big twist for the end of number two, which means you'll have to come back for number three. And, uh... Yeah, but number three wasn't as... Like, fair enough, Back to the Future 2 wasn't as mind-boggling, you know, as, like, The Matrix yeah. Reloaded or Revolutions. Um, but... Just as you say, like it was a lot of to and fro, but then again, with the likes of kids watching maybe Doctor Who and things like that, which kind of have a lot of time traveling and mm. you know alternatives and all that kind of um, thing, um, it can lead to that there. You know, like it can maybe maybe today wouldn't be as more uh, complicated as it was whenever I originally saw it. Yeah, but um, something we always tend to talk about. Oh my God, budgets. Yes, how did you guess? This movie was out November 22nd, 1989. So I was f not even five months old. I would have been 11. Yeah. Um, budget of $40 million. Made $331 million. That's a good return. That's not bad, because that's effectively what is... That's uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Middle of the end of November. So that was your big Thanksgiving movie. As I received an email. Um, so that's, you know, pretty much $300 million profit. 
and obviously the costs would have been kept down because they were filming it back to back with number three yeah because before we move on to Ghostbusters 2 we'll just take a quick look at what the budget was for number three we won't talk about number three because that can be saved for another day yeah Ed's budget was also 40 million alright so they obviously got assigned the same budget for both movies yeah and then that was that now number three didn't make as much money it only made 244 but that's still pretty decent for a trilogy yeah especially at that time as well so will we take a wee break and then speak about Ghostbusters I think we shall take a wee break and talk about Ghostbusters 2 how's the baby for that I forgot about that save that for after break save that for room for later Ghostbusters See you after the break, everybody. Bye. You're listening to a podcast on PopCultureNetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.PopCultureNetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys, comic books, video games, and all the things you love. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to PopCultureNetwork.com and click on Store. Hello, this is James Etook. If you like 80s cartoons, and let's face it, how could you not, then be sure to pick up a copy of Serial Geek Magazine, the glossy 100-page ad-free magazine dedicated to GoBots. And somewhat more importantly, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc. Head on over to www.SerialGeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. Go there now and pick up the animation magazine dedicated to 80s cartoons. Go now. At the stroke of midnight, on New Year's Eve of the last decade of the 20th century, America's largest city is about to pay for the nastiness of its inhabitants. When that day comes... When the slime starts to rise. The Titanic just arrived. When ghosts start arriving by the boatload. We gotta find the guys. There's only one thing to do. Look out! Look out! Sometimes weird things happen. Someone has to deal with it. And who are you gonna call? That second the cuts, guys, were the Ghostbusters. The superstars of the supernatural are back to nuke the spooks. Two in the box. Ready to go. We be fast and they be slow. Make some time. Don't put any of those old cheap moves on me. No, no, no. It's different. I have all new cheap moves. Raise your spirits. If we don't do something by midnight, you will be remembered in history as the man who let New York get sucked down into the tenth level of hell. And kick some slime. Looks like a giant jello mold. I hate jello. Oh, come on, there's always room for jello. Happy New Year! Bozo. Ghostbusters 2. You're short, your belly button sticks out too far, and you're a terrible burden on your poor mother. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, and Ernie Hudson in an Ivan Reitman film. 
Ghostbusters 2. We're the best, we're the beautiful, we're the only Ghostbusters. And welcome back, everybody! We're back! Stop scaring me as well. Give me Brian Otis to... Right, you ready? Yeah, okay, go. <laughs> I just like scaring now. you. That's twice, it's almost like a sequel you've done it now. See, it's a sequel of scary. The first one wasn't as good as the first one, though. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, really. Okay, then. Really? Ghostbusters 2! Just thinking that's one we could have covered. What? Yes, Ventura when nature calls. Really? Another time, perhaps. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> yes, Mr. Poopy Pants. <laughs> don't flick the microphone. Don't give me the finger either. Don't flip you off. So, Ghostbusters 2. Takes place five years. Is it five years after? Yes. Yes. Five years after the original. Not as many ghosts anymore. No. Not many ghosts now. So, the Ghostbusters have actually been pretty much relegated to birthday parties. And then, who are you going to call? He-Man! He-Man! This is just turned into a flipping Mattel bashing and He-Man talking now. <laughs> well, episode. they said, you know, he's going to save you, He-Man. Not yep. Ghostbusters. Because, like, uh, we, saved the, we saved the world once. My dad says you're full of crap. <laughs> but people are entitled to their opinion. No, he just says you're full of crap. Yeah. So Purdy Ray and uh, Winston had yeah. to deal with the birthday party. And Bill Murray's Peter Venkman has the world of the psychic. No. Oh, it's my second favorite show. What's your first one? Bassmasters. <laughs> <laughs> and then Egon's doing like laboratory experiments and yeah stuff. let's see what happens whenever we take the puppy away yeah aye it's because you've got the kid with the puppy and then there's the was it isn't there the couple or something that's already yeah as well? and they've turned the heat up and they've said they yeah. have to be have to wait for another half hour or something yeah, yeah. and uh, Dana is now working at the museum of art mm-hmm. with Janos woo <laughs> You know, it's like, the, like, oh, you're doing something latest, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, Mr. Finkman, no here. Then why are you came? <laughs> but yes, Vigo, who is like, was it Vigo the Carpathian? Vigo the, yeah, something like that, because it's like his skulls of Carpathian or something. Command, yeah. yes, command me, Lord. He is a 17th century tyrant. <laughs> like Resident Evil? Yes, he kills loads of people. I think he's actually an ancestor of Wesker. Really? Yes. He's Here's got that. the be- beady eyes going on. Do, 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 beady eyes. I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> beady eyes. Okay. <laughs> um, but the movie basically opens with, as I do hand pose, um, with Dana walking down the road. <laughs> road. Road. Road with the baby. Road, road with the baby. With little Oscar in pram. Yes, in the pram. And he go away. <laughs> he get stolen by supernaturals. Yes. Um, because the ooze come out of cracks. In the in, in the, in the, in the <laughs> wall. In the, in the road. In the road. And might go on buggy. I've and then two sour pastas on my way. With and then goes away and goes, somebody's talking about baby. 
and eventually stops in the middle of the road, and then that's whenever the music kicks in. Yep. And instead of Ghostbuster, the ghost and there we, um, like no entry sign. It goes like two and like peace. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Dana obviously goes to see Egon. Yeah, and don't tell Peter. Don't tell Peter. Because Ray's at his bookstore. Yeah. Ray's so, the cults. Yeah. Um. So Egon and Ray come to do, well, plan to go and. Uh, do experiments and test mm-hmm. Dana's apartment and the baby and the baby <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, Peter finds out because he, he tortured me he pulled my ears yeah Peter finds out so they all head off to Dana's apartment and uh, Peter ends up cracking jokes about that's when the kids be about yeah, so the kids be about <laughs> the baby's dad <laughs> Kids baby. Kids baby. Sounds like Jeremy Carl episode. <laughs> uh, the kid's father, yeah. not hanging around and stuff like that. And that's whenever he said, "You go and says like, I'd like to run some gynecological tests on the mother." And Peter says, "Who wouldn't?" Mm-hmm. I don't know what that refers to, but yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously, they trace back to the road, and then that's when they start doing the drilling to get yeah. down, and. Uh, Connect is asking me whether I want to rate Ghostbusters... Five stars. Five stars. Thank you. So, yeah, we've been talking away and Connect's been listening for commands and all. No wonder that Doctor Who episode stopped on us. But, uh, yes, they were digging up the road, which I think is actually a really, really cool scene. Um, not for the whole going down and getting the ooze and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the pull me up, pull me up. Um... When the police and all are stopping yeah. and all, and hey, I told you the other side. Yeah, I told the you the other side. Yep, all that sort of stuff, and then of course um, they cause a blackout, and they're arrested. And uh, it's okay, Lewis. I'm your knight. <laughs> what was it? Um, I've only studied uh, being a lawyer in night school. It's okay, Lewis. We were arrested at night. <laughs> Aye, so Lois Tully is acting... Lewis, not Lois. Did I say Lois? <laughs> Lois My Tully. brain is not here tonight, I'm sorry. Have you seen Lewis Lane in Superman? Lewis <laughs> Lane? <laughs> oh, it's not my night. Okay, yeah. So, they have the judge that, was it, uh, he sentenced the... Scolari Brothers. There you go. Just tell them you don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. Scary brothers, try them from out. Give them the chair. Say no more about Ghostbusters too, because I'm able to quote it. Yeah, a lot. Pretty much. Um, so things progress. What are you shushing? <laughs> I'm just doing the whenever they see the ghost. Oh right, that yeah, okay. <laughs> Want to start a pastel? Yes, please. Sour! <laughs> That's why I say we're like a sour pastel. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seven of them. Oscar adopted. Oscar adopted. Abducted. I <laughs> 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 Um. By uh, Janos, whenever he's, uh, yes. whenever he's ghost. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry. First, yeah. <laughs> Do you yes. want to play Monopoly or Super Mario Brothers? Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Oh, dear. Right. you got to remember as I'm well. I'm trying to dial it back here. Yes, you got to remember. Myself into more of a tizzy. Yes, so the Ghostbusters come back and yes. they get ghosts even though people reckon that they've planted them there but they haven't. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go back into business and Janine's working the front office again as well. Um, 
so you find that there. Um, also, what you then find is um, they um, then get uh, they get committed to a psychiatric hospital. Yes, by the mayor. Yeah, by the mayor's assistant. Mm. And that's whenever the Titanic comes in. I'm going like, tell them the Titanic just arrived. Better late than never. Yeah. And so you find that. It's moving. Is it? Uh, yeah. Microsoft is watching us. Hello! Microsoft, F off. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that's whenever you find that they get let out. and um, uh, That's that's when Oscar's properly kidnapped. Yes, yes. And by they, a Mary Poppins-like. Yeah, Janos. very weird looking... And obviously, this is to be the second resurre- the resurrection of Vigo because he needs a baby to do that mm-hmm. with. And then Janos, Janos tries to convince Dana about, like, uh, you, you could be the mother. You mother of free parking and all this here. But you also got to remember that they have worked on the slime. So if it's, if you're real negative to the slime, it'll have a negative yep. effect. And if you're real positive, you know, like. So how do you find this? I sleep with it. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so... Lewis then tries to become a Ghostbuster by getting the boss to go and help them. And, and then they obviously end up with the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Um, using an Inez joystick. Yes. Uh, the, was, it the, was it like the Advantage control? Yes, or yeah. yeah. And then you have the Statue of Liberty sprayed with slime. Mm-hmm. And then... Higher and higher! Yeah. Um, and Statue of Liberty walking through New York City mm-hmm. um, and smashing through the roof of like the museum to let them oh, in. Power sailing down. Yes. Um, and obviously, the Egon got a Twinkie. That's he a big Twinkie. He earned it. I want Twinkie. Mike, send us more Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> I know, courtesy of Mike, we have now tasted Twinkie so we know what Winston is talking about. Yep. We want a big Twinkie. Good. <laughs> well, you speak for yourself, there, pal. <laughs> Dead. So, Dead. obviously, Vigo immobilizes the Ghostbusters at this stage. Yes. Did we think they were doomed? No. You never. No. Did you believe in them? I didn't believe in them whenever. <coughs> Sorry. I didn't believe in them whenever Ray was in the painting. I go like, no, I Vigo. I go like, okay, now. And they aim for the painting, and then yes. Ray gets uh, slammed. As does Janos, who goes, Why am I dripping with goo? It's like, I love you. Yes, well, I love you too. That's the character saying up. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Like, um, um, obviously, then you have the, the picture changes. Yes, to them. To them. Yeah. Which I think is pretty awesome because. Again, sorry, we were meaning to move on from Mattel, but wasn't that an extra in the Vigo figure? Uh, may have been. Change or flip around or something like that? May have been, I'm not sure, because I never never really saw it. If you have a look at Pixel Dan's reviews, you'll probably see it there, but I'm not 100% sure. Dan did do a review for it. Um, Not required. (laughs) There's a guy who burps. Mm. No. Uh, is there anything else you would like to say about Ghostbusters 2? What is your fondest memory or anything like that? Um, As he only chokes. Fondest memory would probably be the start of it, whenever they put on the thing, and then it goes like, uh, Two in the box, ready to go, they be fast, Owen. Or we be fast, and they be slow. And then they come out and go like, we're the own. 
We're the ones, we're the only Ghostbusters, we're back! And then the music kicks yeah. in. But as well, um, do you know he did music for this? Um, Bobby Brown. Yeah? Yeah, um, Too Hot to Handle, I think it was called. I used to have that on vinyl. Mm-hmm. One of the pictures that I have um, is whenever I think my dad was putting in my Commodore 64 and on the back is a poster of Ghostbusters 2 from one of the, if you ever remember looking in the magazine mm-hmm. it was from that yeah. so yeah I, and the bit, one other thing that I remember is that this was released wasn't it like it was like six months later than in the UK than in the States because mm-hmm. it came out in the summer in the States and came out in the winter over here there's like yeah. a big gap and obviously back then there wasn't any internet or anything like no. that for spoilers so you know a lot of people probably wouldn't even realise that oh well, you couldn't get away with that nowadays like you know, no way not a lot of people would have realised that sort of stuff um <laughs> did you say what, stop what, I did <laughs> I've made connect stop again that's <laughs> it we're not watching anything else with connect plugged in damn you connect um, I also remember the Ghostbusters 2 games. Like, I vaguely remember doing one of the ones where you have to actually um, go down and you have to actually take a sample of the the guns and then go back up again without hitting things. And then, obviously, <laughs> you know, so I remember that. Um, no, Ghostbusters 2 was very good. I enjoyed it. It's, um, it's very rare that you get a sequel that is... I just wish I would. I would just wish I would bring it out on Blu-ray and give it the attention that the first Ghostbusters has. Well, supposedly, ha- it is meant to be incoming the Blu-ray. Like, but you would think maybe that they'll hold it off um, until twenty fourteen, maybe. I don't think you could do that, to be honest. Well, see, this is the thing, right? Was the Blu-ray of the original not an anniversary? Because of an anniversary. Yeah, but... Because then, technically, obviously, 1989 is when it came out, so 2014 would be the 20th. Well, no, the, sorry, only, the, the only thing I could see them doing is if Ghostbusters 13 was to come out either this year or next year, mm-hmm. I could see it being the case of that. So Same year, bring yeah. It out. yeah. No, the reason I think 2014 possibly because it would be the 25th anniversary yeah. of number two. But um, I would rather have it sooner than later because it is a good film and I think Blu-ray would be very good for it. Yes. Um, as Blu-ray was for the first one. Yeah. Um, obviously, we are all waiting for Ghostbusters three, anticipating it. Well, you kind of you've already had like a wee t- taste of Ghostbusters three. I kind of with the game and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because you had, I don't understand why you've had able to have Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and um, I get them all together for there. the game. Yeah, and then you can't get them together for the movie. Something's going Cause, on because that was actually a really good wee game. Yeah, I enjoyed that. So it was I didn't I did enjoy it like, um, and it did feel kind of like a sort of Ghostbusters and a half. Yeah, because the humour was there and the mm. voice acting and everything was really uh, top notch. And then there's the hint to po- you know what the possibility and more likely route will be in Ghostbusters three is that it'll be a new group of kids will come in yeah and take over the business. Well, that's what you've had in cartoons like extreme Ghostbusters and stuff. Um, at the end of the Ghostbusters video game doesn't say that you know you were the new guy etc etc you went somewhere else in the US and you know, started your own firm of it something or something like that, like that. Something like that. that's obviously to get you out of the picture so that character doesn't have to come back for the movie no connect no cancel launching zoom thank you oh no <laughs> 
<laughs> Chris is away the unplugged connect. Connect is out of the picture now. <clears throat> so oh broken. <laughs> no. So yeah, Ghostbusters 3, hopefully not too far in the distant future. We'll take another quick break. We'll be back. I thought of that all myself. <laughs> we'll be back with Arnold for Terminator 2. See you after breakings. Bye. Hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box. And you're with Chris Vince and Alan Price. And this is Operation Retroshock. Only on the Pop Culture Network. Hi, this is Larry County, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince on Operation Retroshock. Thunder, 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 Thundercat. Same make. These were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. Once he was programmed to destroy the future. I don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now his mission, get down, is to protect it. Come with me if you want to live. You're really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy. He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. Is the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. You just can't go around killing people. Why? If you thought you had seen it all... Look again. Stay down! Go! Now! We gotta stick together! Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. Trust me. And welcome back, everybody. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, are you? Arnold. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Arnold? I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Okay. I want to have them answered immediately. Okay, I will answer them immediately only because it's you, Arnold. Who are you? Alan Price, host of Operation Retroshock. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Uh, my father is also called Alan and he is retired. Don't do that. Don't do, do, don't do what? My CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. Is it so? You lack discipline. Yes, I know that. You son of a... No, you son of a... Whatever your name is, get ready for the big surprise. What surprising? Stop it! I know, stop. Let me talk to your mother. No, she in holiday, she in international, no. 
to the air. I swear I will not kill anyone. Okay, then no kill, no people. Remember, go straight to the payphone and wait for my call. But I'm in my house. Excuse me, I have a few more questions if you don't mind. Okay. Talk to the hand. Hello, hand. Hasta la vista, baby. Bye bye, Arnold. I'll be back. Okay, we'll see you later. No? No? <laughs> okay, Arnold. Not speak to you later then. Ah, oh, another random start. You ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak. Okay. Oh dear. This, I think this is up there with the randomness for previous episodes as well. Well, it, well, it always is random. Yeah. So it is, so don't worry. Especially when we is winging it and stuff. Um, okay. I'm liking this, John. I'm liking this a lot. I Please don't don't call in saying I'm encouraging people to kill themselves again. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to get away with an episode without Mr. Partridge, but no? I suppose with you being back, we've got all the sound effects back again. If I'm going to chuck in a bit of underwear, I might add uh, a capful of Dettol, maybe two, depending on you know circumstances. Mr. Mike Lacey has logged on to Xbox. Hi, Mike. Hello, Mr. Lacey. Without uh, Carter's discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb, archaeology, which is now what it's known as, uh, would simply be known as digging. Um, or digging for things. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was talking about Terminator 2? Terminator 2. What's Brock Lesnar on the background? Because he is the next big thing, or as being referred to at the moment, the war machine. He's Iron Man? I know he's an Iron Man, yeah. No. The year is 1995. It was not. It was 2015, a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> 11 years after the events of the original Terminator, John Connor is 10 years old and living in Los Angeles with foster parents. With his mama. She'd be crazy going, oh, yep. oh, you come back, you come back to save me. Ah, Sarah Connor, John. played by Linda Hamilton, who in fact actually married... Um, James Cameron, who directed the first Terminator, and then they got divorced. Um, Is Avatar um, based on her life? (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not. Um, But yes, Sarah Connor has been kind of committed to sort of some mental mental (laughs) mental (laughs) institute. A mental institute. This is the second time we've mentioned mental institutes because obviously the yeah. Ghostbusters got submitted to uh-huh. a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. yeah. Stop rocking back and forth. Yeah. Just because Brock is not on TV doesn't mean you have to get excited like that. <laughs> because there's so much fun. Full of sensitive epilepsy going on right here. <laughs> Just flashes across Chris's face. Oh, it's okay. All over now. Uh, my eyes. <laughs> but yes, Sarah Connor has gone <laughs> according to everybody because she's talking about a robot that has come from the future to try and kill her and her unborn son at that stage. But now born son, because he obviously is 10 years old. Um, and he's been put with foster parents because she is cuckoo. <laughs> and he's become a bit of a juvenile delinquent, don't you say? Yeah, because he's like going out and stealing money. So he goes, yeah, whatever his, his uh, foster parents' dad is. And then he goes away and steals money. And then goes plays arcades. He likes the arcade? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Pardon me. Obviously, then we 
see <laughs> you alright there do me antlers <laughs> no it looks like antlers I'm scratching the top of my head um, we see another new Terminator arrive the T-1000 played by Robert Patrick have you seen this boy yes <gasps> who, makes, who makes a appearance in Wayne's World 2 yes I know and freaks Wayne up and it's just like ah um, but he is looking for Jan Kana um, he finally catches up to him as Chris says in the arcade yeah now that's whenever he's got like Orny who has come back as well um, he's carrying like the thing of flowers in rows and then he's got a shotgun in it yeah and he goes get down because obviously we see Arnie come back just prior to this um, he'd be all naked this is, this is probably the most I need your boots your yeah, motorcycle the most iconic scene probably not in, not only in Terminator movie franchise but in Arnold's yeah because he walks butt naked into the bar and does the whole boots you know clothes motorcycle etc um, and part of it always freaks me out in this scene is the bit where he throws the guy over into the kitchen and he lands on top of the cooker Oh yeah, which is frying stuff, and he just puts his hands down, just like, <laughs> and his hands are burnt. And then obviously, isn't it? Whenever somebody's smoking something, and they try and stub out the cigar yeah. in his chest, and he just kind of stands yeah. there. Um, and then there is the I think it's the bar owners like can't let you take the man's bike, son, and he just walks up and he just snaps the gun out of his hand, just turns it round on him, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, okay. Um, and then he just shoves the shotgun down the side of the bike and takes off. And as Chris mentioned, he catches up also with John Connor at the arcade. Uh, I think I'm actually going to turn the light on here. Um, okay. You sure? Um, he catches up with... Co- oh, no. Flashy lights. Yep, that's gone. No. That's good. That's no. good. That's good. That's fine. No. Cut. Cut. Um, Cut what? Your hair? I don't know. Um... And then there is a bit of a ruckus occurs between the T-1000 and Arnold, who we still don't know at this stage has kind of come back to be Connor's yeah. minder. Um, so, like, uh, him and the T-1000 are fighting in the back quarters, footing, smashing through walls and all that sort of stuff. Uh, John uh, tries to make an escape. This is one of my favourite parts probably in cinema history yeah. is the it's chase an awesome scene between yeah, the cause he's still on his John Connor's still on his crappy wee moped. Yeah. And he's uh going through it's kinda like a wasteland kind it's of thing. Their, uh, in America they're like uh what is it, they're like flood. Oh right. Okay. So if it floods um the water goes down them sort of thing. So um he goes down that and the T-1000 chasing after him and kind of like a, a, a lorry and then Arnie kind of comes down with his bike and picks that up John Connery I love this scene not only because of the chase but uh, Arnold's driving the Harley mm-hmm. that's just the noise of that yeah. bike is unbelievable I'm actually trying to find the scene so. um, but that's probably one of my favourite um, parts there would be would be that um, and then obviously it explains who it is and um, did you just type in did I just see you type in what I think you typed in Terminator and then after B came a J by accident <laughs> you did because you hit, hit you hit bike and then you went back um, but it's just one of my favourite um, scenes in cinema history I just I just love that um, 
I love the fact that later on you see that um, you know kind of the the two Terminators are having a conversation over the phone and as different people uh, Arnie's putting on John's voice yeah. and then the T-1000 is putting on his foster parents mum and goes yeah. like your foster parents are dead because he uh, he hears the dog barking yeah and then and he gives the it the name of the dog yeah and uh, why, fr- why Fluffy barking? I, you know, he tells him, you know, the name of the dog, and it isn't Fluffy, obviously. Um, and the reply comes back, "Oh, Fluffy's fine. You come home, darling, sort yeah. of thing." And then that's when Arnold says they're dead. And then you see the gruesome footage of basically like just the spike through yeah, his, his head dad's because head. doesn't he have isn't he like that and he's got like a milk carton uh, he was, he's had the milk carton up to his mouth to drink it and the T-1000 has just speared yeah. through his face I think the worst part was later on whenever obviously they go and they get um, they get uh her, they get John Connor's mom, out of Sarah Connor, out of uh, out of the psychiatric ward, and uh, they're basically um, going to your man to do a Skynet, and uh, he, cyber, cyber he, he peels his uh, Arnie peels his arm to off prove to him to prove to him that he is, and you just see him go ah, ah, and he starts screaming a lot. Yeah, um, there he is. He's going towards the house. We've just put the trailer on, everybody, if you're wondering. You'll have probably heard it before we started this segment anyway. I think that's another awesome... There's, speaking of the scene you were just talking about, oh, come with me if you want to live. And uh, there's the bike. Um, that's more. Oh, it's got the dramatic music on it as well. I forgot that. Again on Blu-ray. Okay, we'll turn that back down. There's your scene anyway. Um, but that's actually just reminded me of another part because obviously they're on the run now with Arnold, uh, John, and his mum, and. Uh, He's had, isn't it, he gets damaged or something or needs to, what's it he needs to do? John has to remove his chip, his yeah. CPU. Yeah. And then that's when you hear the, you know, the CPU with the non-limit processor and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's whenever he, I think she's taking the bullets out of his back. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. And uh, then John has the chip out and she wants to destroy it mm-hmm. because she doesn't trust him obviously still. Um, and which I think is a, that's a really interesting scene just the way he's able to convince her to not yeah. you know kill him basically um, which it kind of shows you even though this kid's been a bit of a douchebag he's still kind of got this childish idea in the sense of trust it mm-hmm. um, but obviously they get to um, it's a Cyberdyne uh, systems engineer forgetting about the part because I love this part whenever um, there's a lot of parts of this we love he says John says to Arnie about you know he can't go around killing people and things like that yeah. 
so they're at the office I think it's the Skynet office he says you promise you won't kill anyone I promise and that's whenever he stands with a Gatling yeah. gun and he just blows up the cars and it goes like human casualties none and then it comes back saying you know uh, I didn't kill anyone alright because obviously they meet Miles Dyson and uh, as you said Arnie and they have to go off. to a different um, address because yeah. obviously Miles Dyson is the guy who made the Hoover yes. so they have to go to uh, <laughs> somewhere else I know it was all a big mistake that's the yeah. extended cut for anybody who's wondering yeah um, but obviously they end up explaining to him the situation that the chip needs to be destroyed mm-hmm. um, that leads to as you say them going to Skynet yeah. etc and uh, breaking in Dyson gets injured that's it he's the holding he, the trigger he's holding the thing and yeah. then he drops his hand and that sets it off yeah but there's also another part to do with your not kill anybody he like shoots guys in the leg or something yeah. like that he says I didn't kill them you know they're injured sort of yeah. thing um, so that's awesome and then obviously after that you've got uh, another pretty big chase because obviously aren't they oh yeah they're in that like mobile home thing yeah they're in like, sort of on the big, big truck, truck or something yeah. like that yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're chasing along um, towards a steel mill yeah and that's the bit where you see Sarah gets like the spear through her shoulder oh yeah yeah. that was pretty rough as well um, and then it's a case of uh, isn't it the T-1000 it gets like super cooled and it shatters and then the heat re-liquefies it I think something like that and yeah. it comes back together and then Arnold and it fight and then it ends up in the big vat of molten metal mm-hmm. and melts that's when I said like hasta la vista yeah, have to leave yeah, that. I need, a, I need a vacation. Yeah, um, and then it gets rather emotional for young John. Yeah, at this point because he's kind of seen as he's put so much input into the Terminator, and he's so different to when he first met him. You know that he understands things more human and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And you know, Sarah's come round now to you know the Terminator's good answers, but she still understands that. Yeah. The Terminator must self-destruct itself. Yeah, because well, it, says, it like, can't self-destruct itself. One, it needs to be destroyed. There's one last chip, and he points to his head. Yeah, you know, and he can't self-destruct himself. John or Sarah has to be the one to yeah. destroy him. Um, so there's obviously an emotional scene. I think the music in that scene is fantastic, yeah. and plus the fact that he goes down with yeah. his thumb up, and then that's the last thing. Just you as, see as he stands on the hook, and the music kicks in, and he gets lowered into that vat, and the thumb up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like a really, really good scene. Um, it's unfortunate that the Terminator series went dramatically downhill after this. Yes. Because to say Terminator 3 is one of the worst sequels ever would I, be... I, I've seen that and I, I haven't seen the Salvation one, is it? Salvation's okay. It's, you know, it's a decent movie. Yeah. But it's just, it's completely different because obviously it's at the time of the war yeah. now. Um, just recently, I, I would I would say watch it. Yeah, they're just using the Terminator yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three was think, awful. Think of it as the way you, the, you know the way they would use it. You know, here's Terminator, but it's like something completely different. Yeah, same with lives on like X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X Men Wolverine's Origins is yeah. back in time. This is forward in time, um, and first class as well, pretty much. Um, but it's, it's a decent enough movie, but it's just. It's just a completely different style to this. Mm. It's probably just simply because it's at that 
you know, at the time of the war now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we won't dither along with this uh, anymore. Um, I would probably say, out of the one sequels we've talked about so far, um, obviously Back to the Future has a part in my heart, but Terminator 2 is probably my favourite. This has always been a film that's ranked in my top five films of all time. Terminator 2? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But yeah, no, definitely, because simply for its time, it was so... What was the budget on Terminator 2? 94 million. Oof. For 1991. And what did it make? Uh, 519 oh, well. million. So it made plenty of money. But for 1991 to have the CGI and all that, yeah. well, because obviously the T-1000's big thing was it could you know warp yeah. and change its appearance and all that sort of stuff. Um, and plus a big chunk of that would probably have to go to Arnie as well. Yeah, I think oh, I the payment like, definitely. Yeah. But again, James Cameron pioneering things in the movie industry again. Yeah. Because obviously wasn't didn't he do wasn't it the abyss or something like that? Was yes. It, you know, the whole liquid metal thing came from a character in it which was kind of water based. Uh-huh. So that's what obviously led into this. Um and then obviously he decided to Destroy cinema with 3D and uh, just recently re-released Titanic in 3D. Sorry to spoil it, everybody, but the ship still sinks. Um, so yeah, anyway, we'll go to a break. We'll come back and we will move on to not another good sequel. It is a true definition of number two. Robots that should have just been in disguise all the time. Yeah, pretty much. Or at least for the last 40 minutes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yep. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen we will discuss when we come back from the break see you in a few what's up folks you are listening to Operation Retro Shock with crazy cool Chris Vent and awfully awesome Alan Price if one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles then by all means check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on popculturenetwork.com Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. Turtle Power! Greetings, Earthbots. It is I, Sentinel Prime, leader of the Autobots, and you are with the honorary Autobot members, Chris and Alan, right here on Operation Retroshock. You got all that written down? B, I want to talk to you about the college thing, okay? I'm so excited! Hey, I'm not taking you with me. Look at this place! I feel smarter already! Can you smell it? Yeah, it smells like $40,000 a year. Hey, beautiful. Made you a long-distance relationship kid. I got your webcam so we can chat 24-7. Sounds cute. I can't wait. I just had a full-blown mental meltdown in the middle of my class. I'm seeing symbols. We've kept much from you, Sam. This isn't my war. I fear it soon will be. What you're about to see is top secret. Do not tell my mother. 
Any of these look like the symbols you saw? Where did you get these? Archaeologists found these unexplained markings in ancient ruins all over the world. They gotta mean something, like a message or like a map. Watch what's in my mind. I'm not gonna go without you. Fate rarely calls upon us at a moment of our choosing. Revenge of the Fallen. I'm so excited. No, and not. I just can't hide it. No, but you know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I want you. I want you. And welcome back from the break, everybody. You should have said, I don't want you. I don't want you. Yeah. Come, uh, um. uh, yeah, we don't want you. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Right. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen was a birthday movie for me back in 2009. 2009? Three years ago nearly already. Um, me, Chris and Natalie went to see this for my birthday in 2009 because um, my birthday was the end of June. This came out the 24th of June. Um, went VIP, the whole thing. Really, really good stuff. Movie started. And I think it would be fair to say we were we really enjoyed the start. It's a really, really good opening. I would say that this would be in comparison along the same lines of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skulls or whatever the hell it's called. Indiana yeah. Jones 4 was the fact that I enjoyed the start of it and towards the end of it I was yeah. like, WTF mate. Yeah. You know, I just didn't understand yeah. what was going on. Um, obviously when I'm meaning the start of it, I'm not discussing the whole thing where it showed you like 17,000 BC and there's, you know, yeah, like cavemen and humans <laughs> and stuff. We're talking about the part where um, Nest and Optimus mm -hmm. and all are in Shanghai, yeah, hunting down Decepticons. That to me is Transformers. Yes. Dog barking. Ah! <laughs> um, um, I know she probably does agree, but that to me is Transformers. Is the Transformers trying to stop the Decepticons from doing something bad? Mm -hmm. In this case, the Decepticons are in Shanghai, in hiding, yeah. waiting for backup and stuff like that. Um, and obviously Optimus, we see Optimus gets airdropped, and you see him transform mid-air yes, yeah. in parachutes and stuff like that, which was pretty sweet. Um, and I think the kind of real defining bit is sort of the, not only when you first see like some iron hide and all, but then when you see him and Optimus just walking into the hangar, mm -hmm. and Optimus kind of, what would you say, not kneecapped, but kind of took out the Decepticon's wheel and a kind of barrel rolled in the yes, back yeah, into the yeah, hangar. Yeah. And you just see them two walking in and you see Optimus just with his gun arm. Yeah. 
and he just walks over to him and talks to the Decepticon and just goes like not today Bang. yeah it's like the fallen will the fallen will come back or yeah. some nonsense and he just fires the shot yeah. into the head and you're just like oh, this movie is going to be awesome but uh, yeah, it doesn't um, there is some cool corny comedy in it we have to admit no, yeah but that's mainly from Sam's mom yeah, yeah which is from his parents yeah. um, you know Sam is keeping Bumblebee in the garage at the bottom of the garden mm-hmm. because obviously people still think you know the government's covering up but still think that they saw what they saw from the first movie so Bumblebee's being kept in the garage and that's the only time you know Sam is seeing them and the random thing that really isn't totally explained between one and two is suddenly Bumblebee's lost his voice again yeah obviously we see in the garage it's kind of mentioned because um, Michaela says and you know Megan Fox says Oz's voice box acting up from the dust or something like that but from it going to be, being fully fixed to being totally non-functional yeah. again because he's simply in but that's, the environment that's like in Transformers Prime which you can watch on Netflix which is quite good and The Rock does a voice for Cliff Jumper but um, his voice isn't in that his voice is all it's very much like R2 it's very beep beep you know beep beep up yeah you know, it's all that kind of stuff so it's kind of like is that who, what they see Bumblebee I, as I don't, I don't understand why they did that or maybe it's a case that they want to leave it like that yeah and stick to using the radio or whether they can be bothered getting an actor to voice Bumblebee yeah. I don't know yeah, it, is, it is a bit of an odd one to just suddenly go from unless they didn't think that the first one they were maybe hedging their bets in the first one whether it didn't make as much money as they thought they were going to so they weren't expecting maybe to have number two so soon so they could maybe flesh it out and all that sort of mm. stuff well they should have left it flesh it out yeah um, <clears throat> but you get all these sort of this sort of next what would you say sort of 20-30 minutes where it's kind of corny that's going on of Sam going to university. Yeah, Sam doesn't, you know, like, yeah, and then Sam sees Optimus and says, look, I've got my own stuff to do, you need to do this, and, yeah. you know, the government have said to Optimus that you've issued an open invitation to anyone to come to our planet, you know, like... Uh, um, for asylum, sort of Yeah, thing. and he says, like, you know, why don't you leave? Well, okay, well, this Decepticon threat we'll all, we will leave, but just remember, yeah, just remember one thing, what if you're wrong? Yeah. Which was an awesome scene, actually. Yeah. It was a pretty cool scene. Um, One thing that spoiled it for me was the friggin' twin robots. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, oh, so you know, finally, they were designed there to be merchandisers. Yeah. They were there to make the money with the kids and keep the kids happy. They were to be your Jar Jar Binks. Well, they certainly they were, yeah. They were successfully Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Because that annoys me that the likes of them got more screen time than the likes of the other characters. Because obviously... Um, in the opening segment in Shanghai, you saw a lot of the other um, Autobots. Mm-hmm. You yeah, saw Sideswipe. Yeah. You saw RC. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And they were great, but they then lost screen time. But uh, the one, one that I really did not like what they did to was Soundwave. Yeah. I... I I think Soundwave could have been used in a different... I love what they did in the third one with Shockwave because he stayed very true to his original form. I understand that you can't keep Soundwave as a tape player. Yeah. Um, 
Might and the only been, remnants... Have been like an iPod or something? Yeah, the only remnants of that was whenever he sent Ravage down, and Ravage has run along the yeah. IPS. That's the only thing. Aye, that he actually you know? Uh, you know, released other sort of Decepticons and stuff. Um, <coughs> but... Uh, <coughs> My father's here, so I'm going to have to split. <laughs> um, I'm going to use the bathroom, you can round up, and then I'll say goodbye. <laughs> so yeah, everybody, this was total trash, because you know, this sort of period of time, um, with the university stuff, then Michaela discovers, and with this other girl, who's in fact a Decepticon, they get kidnapped, and other sort of various things happen. They end up in a desert because Optimus has been killed and uh, the last 40 minutes is absolute trash because it's just them running around a desert um, so yeah pretty much a number two when it comes to everything proper rubbish as the toilet flushes to signify that fact so yes, this has been episode 46 of Operation Raptor Shock. I have been Alan Price. I've been Chris Vent. Make sure you check out What the Shell, Wrestle Shock, um, and uh, yeah, uh, do that there. And okay. if you want to drop us an email, my email is alanprice at popculturenetwork.com. He is ventoman mm-hmm. at popculturenetwork.com. Twitter, at RetroShock316. Facebook.com forward slash Operation Retroshock. Um, those are your main ways to get in contact with us. Twitter is probably the most used medium at the minute, so you can do that. Um, if you are a wrestling fan, pay attention for Wrestleshock. You have themes coming up, top ten themes. Top ten themes, and we'll probably have a couple of reviews coming out soon as well. So yeah, watch out for those. Tons more to come, more movie specials, more game specials, a bit of everything. So, with that, we bid you adieu. We will see you next time. I've been Alan Price, he's been Chris Fint. Take care. Bye bye now. No? Yes. yes. No! <laughs> Go home! Xbox home! No! No! <laughs> Cancel! I'm still recording. <laughs> I have witnessed their capacity for courage, and though we are worlds apart, like us, there's more to them than meets the eye. I am Optimus Prime, and I send this message to any surviving Autobots taking refuge among the stars. We are here. We are waiting.